Welcome into another episode of the Swamp 247 podcast. My name is Jacob Rudner alongside Swamp 247 recruiting analyst Blake Alderman. And Blake, we return with another Swamp 247 recruiting show, something we haven't necessarily done in quite some time. However, uh, there's plenty of news to discuss, and it has uh, somewhat forced us back into the groove <laughs> of the recruiting show. Uh, let's start with the biggest news, I think, recently. We'll jump right in. Florida landed a five-star prospect, Xavier Filsame. Uh, just tell me about uh, you know the addition that Florida gets here. What does this do for the Gators' 2024 class? Uh, kind of give me some background, and we'll discuss. Well, I think by now everyone knows that recruiting um, from the outside looking in is is a momentum game. It's a perception game. Um, you know, so I think you know right off the rip here, Florida's getting a five star player on twenty four seven Sports standalone ranking. So you know that adds with DJ Lagway, who's a composite five star, which is the average of all the recruiting industry rankings. So you've got you know seemingly two five stars. However, you want to cut the rankings in the class. So you know Florida is building you know a really good class. You know they're really stocking in you know a lot of those top fifty type players, which is great at this point. You know early on in the cycle, um, Florida's continuing to to make Texas an important state for them this cycle. You've already got Lagway. Now you've got Philosami in there. There's plenty of other targets there in the state of Texas. And not only are you getting, you know, some clout, if you will, in the state of Texas, um, but you're also getting guys that can be in the ear of some of these other targets. You know, the Colin Simmons, the five-star edge, you know, countless offensive linemen that they're targeting there in the state of Texas. You know, there are plenty of targets for Florida out there in the state of Texas. So, um, you know, from that standpoint, from the class, you know, that that's big news for them to get these guys in there early. Um, even from a standpoint of, you know, looking at the roster, you know, safety is a position of need for Florida. They're continuing to offer, I think, just about every safety that has a pulse in the 2024 class. And you've got one of the best ones in the country there in Xavier Filosame. And I, I think when you look at, you know, this is a guy that is from the Orlando area. His mother still lives in, around a Popka area. Um, grandparents are also in Central Florida. So you've got a guy that, you know, you've talked you know, from living in the state of Texas to come back home, you know, continuing to keep the, you know, the, the pride of being a state of Florida guy, even if you don't currently reside there, that, you know, Billy Napier and these guys really preach, you know, that's big news for them, a high impact player on a position of need. So, um, you know, really good get for Florida on board early on, and they continue to stockpile some of those, you know, high level, high ranking types of guys early in the cycle, much earlier than what we've seen in recent cycles, regardless if it's Napier or other coaches that have been at Florida. Yeah, and this is a kid who's ranked in the top 35 prospects, both on the industry-generated 24-7 sports composite and the independent 24-7 sports rankings. As you said, he's a five-star. Uh, this is a kid who who really boosts Florida's defensive efforts in general, in my opinion, in that 2024 class. And they have some great guys already committed to the group on that side of the ball, including linebackers Darius Hayes and Miles Graham. Just what, talk to me about the effort that Florida is putting in here to really bolster its defense between 2023 and 2024, some great kids in the last class, Kelby Collins among them, uh, TJ Searcy, Will Norman, both made impacts uh, early on in the spring. And now you have this group of guys in 24 who are really promising. Yeah, I mean, you look at Florida on the field last year on defense, you know, it, was, it wasn't good. Um, so you can see that, you know, they, they need a facelift in just about any position you want to cut. Last cycle, really good between high school and portal hall there on the defensive line. Linebacker was an area where I think they wish they would have did a little better on the high school front. You know, there were plenty of guys. State of Florida had a really good crop of linebackers last year, and Florida wasn't able to really get on any of those guys. And to make matters worse, they went to in-state or uh, SEC rival Georgia. So Florida really kind of carried. Yes, they filled those with some some portal guys, but they carried that long-term roster 
openness there in, in the state in the, uh, the 2024 cycle. Got Miles Graham, really high level legacy player. You got him on board earlier. I really love Adarius Hayes. You know, I think he's a guy that um, you know was uh, 150 some 180 some odd spots that he rose in the last top 247 update. So really high level player. So you you see the areas where they've really focused on. You know, obviously defensive line was last cycle between the portal and the high school ranks. You know, this cycle, they're already hitting on some linebackers. They've got two in the fold, continuing to recruit other linebackers. So you can see that they're not done with two high-level guys already there in the class. Safety, like I said, is a big area of need. You've got Philosame in there. You've got Josiah Davis there in South Georgia already in the class. Still recruiting plenty of other safeties there. So, um, you know, secondary um, linebacker has already – started off in a really good spot for Florida and, and the, the DB board in general, regardless if you're looking at guys that play nickel, you know, other safeties are still recruiting some guys at corner there. Florida is continuing to still try to, you know, fill those needs and really try to, I guess, have some balance there in this cycle there where you could see sure. the, the glaring needs, right? Defensive line was a big focus last cycle. Secondary was a big cycle focus last cycle. That's still something they're focused on in this one, but you could see a little bit more of the balance where they're just trying to collectively improve that defense from, top to bottom, if you will. Sure. And, and, and this is a class that's really starting to, to shape out well, in my opinion. And they're, they're in the race with a lot of very talented prospects currently ranked number 11. Overall, they have four defensive prospects. You mentioned them, uh, obviously Phil Zeme, Hayes, Graham, and Davis, uh, the two safeties, the two linebackers offensively. They also have three commitments, quarterback, DJ Lagway, running back Chauncey Bowens, and another running back Kanan Daniels. Uh, tell me about the direction of this group from from a general perspective. Where, where is Florida headed? Uh, just what 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 are you liking about what they're doing in this recruiting class, and what are some things to look out for? Well, I think first and foremost, when you have a, an elite quarterback like DJ Lagway, and you get that guy in the boat early, you know that wasn't a luxury that Florida had this past cycle. Now you've got that guy. I mean, he, this guy committed in December. He did so to recruit other guys to Florida with him. Um, that was something he was very adamant about doing, and you know he's really backed that up. I mean, this is a guy that um, earlier this spring flew from the state of Texas down to the state of Florida just to spend a day or so with Ohio State five-star wide receiver commit Jeremiah uh, Smith, who was there on campus at Florida that day. I mean, this guy literally is walking what he's talking as far as trying to recruit these guys. So, you know, big, big get for Florida there, getting that elite type of signal caller there. That's the bell caliber class. That's the guy who commits early so he can recruit those guys, and he's done that so far. Florida, I mean, you watched them last season on the field. Running the ball was important for them. They really like to rotate those running backs. Um, I think they like to keep some like four or five guys on the roster, you know, at, at normal times there at that running back position. Right. And, you know, from talking with, you know, guys like Chauncey Bowens, you know, the, the main message that he gets from Jabbar Jaloup for his running backs coach is that they want their running backs. You know, there's not a play that fits Montreal Johnson. There's not a play that fits Trevor Etienne. They want their running backs from all facets to there's no certain place for certain guys. You know, they want everyone to be able to do everything. They want to rotate those legs, keep them fresh for the next level, keep them fresh for the games. Um, so, you know, you've got Daniels in the boat who um, is, was more of a, a wildcat quarterback type of guy at the high school level, um, but still was very successful running ball, very powerful runner. Um, and then you've got Chauncey Bowens who is, is very powerful in his own right. He's, he's a bigger running back. He's faster than what you would think when you see the size on him there. So, you know, Jabbar Jaluk at the spring game, both of these guys, you know, Daniels and, uh, and Bowens were on campus. You're saying that these guys are the next two-headed monster. They're the next Trevor Etienne and Montreal Johnson type. So Florida is, is seemingly getting that, you know, kind of you know, tab they can put on some of these guys when they're recruiting these running backs. You can be the next duo of so-and-so, you know. So I, I think that that's good for Florida to get that position 
when you see how much of an, uh, an impact they want to make on the running game on offense, it's great to get two of these guys on in the boat early on. Um, so, you know, wide receiver obviously is a need where Florida's going to need to get some guys in there. Um, you know, there's some guys in state, you know, TJ Moore, the four-star uh, wide receiver there out of uh, the Tampa area. Florida's currently on top for him after taking an unofficial visit earlier this spring. Um, Clemson, Tennessee, a couple others are in there. I think that those three are really like the main ones in this recruitment right now as they're, you know, chasing Florida for now. There's plenty of other wide receivers that they're recruiting as well, too. So that's an area where you want to start seeing a DJ Lagway, the quarterback wide receiver connection. You want to see some of those guys start to, you know, get find their spot in the class. And that, that could be something that happens here in the summer. You know, summer is when things really start to pick up with guys setting commitment dates, taking these official visits and whatnot. Offensive line, you know, Florida has a pretty deep board overall of a lot of names. I don't know if there's really a name that, you know, jumps out to me of these guys to where I'd say Florida's the team to beat. They're the leader. You know, they're they're the team that I'm watching the most. I, I think there's plenty of guys that Florida is battling for, and they're in the recruitment of. And, again, getting these guys on campus some more, whether it's later this spring, official visits when those heat up in June, that will kind of give some clarity, I think, as they set these visits with these guys. So um, tight end to me is, is one where – you know, you landed three in the 2022 cycle. You know, one of those guys, um, gray-shirted, rolled, and technically he, he rolled there this past season, just, you know, start for the season. Um, so you didn't land a high school guy in, in the – train, or excuse me, at the tight end position in the 2023 cycle. I think that need carries over. That room needs a facelift, you know, from – Dealing with the injury bug in spring ball for back-to-back -back years under Billy Napier, they're really you know trying to get some of that youth movement in there because they're going to have to with just the injuries that are there. So that's an area where you know they've got some guys that they're recruiting. They're obviously seeing a lot of these guys as they make their spring rounds in the evaluation period. Walter Matthews is a guy that I think fits exactly what Florida's looking for there out of Hiram, Georgia. He's a six foot seven, bigger type of guy basketball he almost looks kind of like a power forward like he's a guy that you know can help in the run game because he's got the size but he can also help in the passing game he seems to kind of be that bread and butter fit of what billy napier likes to do with that position um so you know I, again filling out that tight end position figuring out where you're kind of at with some of these offensive linemen like i said it's a deep board just figuring out where you sit with some of these guys and where your chances are I think will be better told the next couple months um tight end wide receiver offensive line those are the areas where they need to continue to fill out clearly yeah, I, you know, you, you just touched on on my two notes for the group, and I would just say that recruiting wideouts and tight ends is really going to be a make-or-break factor for me in this group. And, and, and it, if you look at Florida's roster, that becomes quite clear. At the moment, Florida stands at eight scholarship wide receivers, and while it has seven tight ends, if we're being honest, uh, there are some deficiencies in that room as far as, uh, you know, the talent level that is necessary to compete with the offensive style of play that Billy Napier has implemented at the University of Florida, uh, they just need more full-service tight ends. It's, it's really that simple. Uh, the top of their room right now is a guy who is a defensive line convert, despite being somebody who played tight end a couple of years ago. Uh, and that's just not what you want in the SEC, to have that be your, your number one tight end. And the rest of the unit is super young. So you have guys like Arliss Boardingham, who you mentioned, who's still kind of, you know, we're trying to figure out exactly how much he's going to be able to contribute uh, Hayden Hansen is in the similar boat. Uh, Tony Livingston was the gray shirt who you mentioned. So it, just an uncertain room. And then the other thing was was interior defensive line. That was an area where uh, Florida kind of struck out with some prospects in the 2023 class. Uh, and I'm certain would like to really bolster its roster uh, in 24. Let's move on, Blake, to uh, the way that teams now can bolster their rosters more immediately uh, than high school recruiting. And that is via the transfer portal. Uh, if I'm being totally honest as I as I make this transition to this section, 
Uh, this has been an interesting and very challenging thing to report on uh, for us, if we're being fully transparent. Florida has taken a rather secretive approach uh, to its transfer portal recruiting. Uh, it has been slightly more difficult to come by information. Uh, first, let me get your thoughts on Florida's efforts uh, in the portal, and then maybe we can recap a couple things going on with that group right now uh, and kind of where a few things stand. But, but, but first, in general, just what do you think? You know, I think from what they got there in that opening December, earlier this year portal window, you know, I really like what they did there on the offensive line. You know, the defensive linemen they landed in Caleb Banks and Cam Jackson have already gotten some buzz there in spring football for them. So, you know, those are looking like two good gets there. Offensive line, they were a little banged up there with Michael Mazuka. You know, he was dealing with that injury there. He should be good for fall, you know, as, you know, as everything goes through there. Um, you know, Keontae Goodwin was a guy that has, you know, turned some heads with just the size for, you know, being a younger guy you know, still has a way to develop, still has plenty of years left in the program. Um, that's a guy that has had some buzz there. So I really like the impact, you know, from their guys they got there that we've seen in the spring. You know, they seem to be guys that are going to contribute in some, some capacity, whether it's a starting role, whether it's it being a rotational guy. So, you know, I think that they checked a lot of boxes there. You know, as far as going into this cycle, you know, there are plenty of areas where they needed to fill some spots. You know, I think those are pretty glaring. You know, safety is one area where they need to hit some guys there. You know, um, you know I think even if you can get a couple offensive linemen or one more just to kind of shore up that group, that's great. Edge defender, you lose Antoine Powell-Ryland there to the transfer portal here recently. That was already a position where they are pretty thin at. So I think that that's one area too. So, you know, again, you know, I think I said it on recent podcasts, you know, outside of the running back room, there really isn't a position that I look at on Florida's roster I'm like, they don't need anything like they're good no right. portal needs there so you know i think from top to bottom if you can have a guy you know granted there are limited spots now so i think you need to be a little bit more smarter sure. with just making sure you capitalize on the room you have there um but you know I, I think in general you know it's it's pretty much like beating a dead horse you know i think that you know they move a little bit slower with their evaluation process in the portal and i don't think that that really gels with the portal because um you know if you set an official visit you know some of these guys may not take any official visits it may take that they could plan three or four official visits and they take that first one and they shut it down so right. i think that the in in high school recruiting sure you have some guys that are a little bit more speedy with trying to make their decisions and all that I think for by and large part, a lot of those guys want to take all five of their official visits. You start to try to shoot for being that last visit, getting that last say. And that's great. That's, you know, that works nine times out of 10, you know, not always a pure, you know, perfect, you know, hundred percent from the field hit rate, but that's by and large how that works there. And in the, in the portal, it's completely opposite. Sometimes that first visit can be all it takes and you, you could have, all your visits planned out past that first visit. You take that one, you feel comfortable there. Um, you lock in and it's done. So I think that in the portal, there's a little bit more, you know, uh, you just needed to be more expedient with some of these things, getting these sure. things, you know, figured out, set up and, and move at a bit of a faster pace where Florida seems to take their time, evaluate. And we'll see how that works. You know, we'll see how, you know, the the guys they get, how much of an impact they make, you know, that's, it's obviously a work in progress of seeing how things work. But from, from my opinion of seeing things, you'd like to see them go a little bit faster. And and I, I couldn't agree more. I, I think that it's important to note uh, if if Florida's coaching staff feels that it benefits the the group and it benefits them and their ability to land prospects to just kind of keep things on the down low uh, and 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 be a little quieter with regard to their portal process. I understand that 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 makes sense to me. Um, we live in an era of college football where, in addition to having to uh, just compete outright for players with things like NIL and, and you know, how that has changed the, the landscape of the sport. 
could you benefit from keeping things quiet? I, I think maybe you can. Um, and, and we'll see. We're, we're going to find out. This is a good test case. What I would say, though, is that I would agree that there is a lack of apparent urgency uh, with this group. And, and, and the evidence is that it, today is April 27th. The transfer portal closes in the spring window on April 30th or May 1st. Uh, and Florida has not hosted a visitor yet, to, to anybody's knowledge. And like you said, transfer recruiting is not the same as high school recruiting. These are guys who are looking for the right fit. Many of these guys will go into the portal already with an idea, if not a, a locked-in decision as to where they're going. And so, you know, it's more difficult to get these guys on your campus. It's more difficult to convince them that this is the right place for you. And things move fast. It's speed dating on steroids. It needs to be quick. Uh, it, it's it's one of those things where you you have to you have to get in the race before other people do. And 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 the problem with transfer portal recruiting is that it's one thing for a kid to set up a visit. It's another for him to actually show up for it in transfer portal recruiting specifically. Because again, like you said, if you do have a prospect who's highly coveted and he does take an official visit somewhere, there is nothing to say that that won't be the visit that locks things down. And so that would be my, uh, not red flag, that would be my yellow flag at the moment with regard to Florida's recruiting is I just wonder how potent of a class it will be able to assemble given the process it has chosen to take and the timeline uh, that it has chosen to take. Uh, just some pieces of news that we can, that, that you know, 24-7 sports we have reported uh, and to refresh everybody, San Diego State offensive lineman Josh Simmons has an official visit already scheduled with the Gators. And then yesterday, we're recording this on Thursday, April 27th, uh, yesterday, Wednesday, the Gators offered Houston running back Alton McCaskill uh, a scholarship. McCaskill announced that on Twitter. Uh, and that's kind of all we concretely know at, at the moment with regard to who Florida is involved with. Uh, we know that they need uh, edge players and receivers. We know that they need a safety, as you said. Uh, and it's kind of a wait and see moment uh, to figure out what exactly is going to go on there. Uh, Blake, before I uh, bid the the good people farewell, do you have any final thoughts? Yeah, you know, it's just been a while since I've come on here. You know, we've talked some recruiting. You know, I, I really like what Florida's putting together in that 2024 class. I really like both those running back commits. DJ Lagway is you know, seeming like the perfect package between you know, what he's doing from a recruiting standpoint to what he's, you know, being able to do on the field, you know, what he can do with his arms and his legs. You know, I really like the pieces they're putting together there on defense at linebacker and at that, that safety position. Um, so I'm interested to see how this class pans out. You know, it's been quite a few cycles since we've seen some of these high ranked, high level types of, you know, top 50, top 70 type players in the, in the fold so early for Florida. So I'm interested to see how this 2024 class plays out. You know, these guys are on the recruiting trail right now during the spring evaluation period. That's the point where you can, you know, go around, drop by the school, hang out with some of those high school coaches. You can't have you know, direct contact with the players themselves while they're there. Um, but Florida's getting out and about, seeing plenty of five-star, four-star high-level players, top targets for these guys. And they'll continue to do that over the next couple of weeks, you know, all the way through the month of May. So it's good. These guys are staying busy, you know, and uh, I, like I said, I'm just, I'm, I'm liking what they're putting on paper in this class so far early on. Absolutely. And I have, uh, you know, that's one thing that you and I have said a lot on the Swamp 247 message board that Florida does seem to be headed uh, in a pretty positive direction on the high school front. Uh, and I will use that to transition us to my final point. Uh, if you aren't already subscribed to swamp247.com, 
uh, frankly, you're missing out. We have a lot of information that we're constantly posting uh, over on the site. And this was kind of just a taste. We talked a lot about recruiting in this episode, about 20 minutes uh, of recruiting talk. But if you really want the full picture of what the Gators are trying to do on the trail, the best way to do that would be to subscribe to Swamp247.com. Uh, both our message board and our VIP content uh, is going to keep you really in the loop. And it's really that simple. So again, I would encourage you all to subscribe if you are not already. Uh, and then if you're listening to this on YouTube, we appreciate a subscription there too. Like and comment. Uh, we do read what you have to say. And then thank you to those of you who are listening to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, or any other audio-only platform. That said, that's going to do it for this episode of the Swamp 247 Podcast. For Blake Alderman, my name is Jacob Rudner, and we'll see you on the next one.